When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You are listening to the Football Fanatics UK podcast with your hosts, Ari Marquides and Tom Crawford, bringing you the English coverage of American football. Okay, so welcome to a very special episode of uh, our podcast. We've got uh, Chris over from the Commish podcast. So uh, give a big welcome. Uh, over from Boston, which is amazing. How's it going, guys? Yeah, thank you. appreciate the invite. Um, of the draft so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, certainly, guys. I, I really appreciate the invite. Um, uh, yeah, no, you know, Ari, you and I have been talking for quite a bit now. Uh, you know, it's yeah. been very interesting learning all the personalities in the fantasy football independent community. Um, and yeah. and it's, a, it's starting to become like a really tight knit community in the fact and I actually got introduced to you guys by um, or at least like you and you and the other UK podcast. I forget the name um, of their their actual Instagram handle, but Sky Guasco over at TCK told me about you guys. And so, you know, him and I are good friends. Um, and you know, the yeah, moment, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the moment we started talking, um, you know, I, I latched onto you guys and, you know, before we knew it, you and I were messaging each other a bunch. Um, and actually it's funny, you and Alex, our co-host over at the commission did a bit of DraftKings together. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, we had a, toward the uh, Super Bowl where we were doing DraftKings and, uh, obviously loved a bit of a gamble like we do. So <laughs> yep. he, he jumped on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so no, that's been pretty interesting to, uh, to get coordinated. And I know that, you know, a lot of things are happening in the, in the uh, football community that are going to impact fantasy. So, um, to do a collab yeah, at this time is, uh, is, is appropriate. So I'm, dude, I'm super pumped. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty useless at fantasy. That this year I uh, I managed to absolutely smash the league the whole year, <laughs> and then come to the end of the end of the playoffs, and my team just decided to give up. Which was only because <laughs> you had Christian McCaffrey. Anyone that had Christian McCaffrey in fantasy won. I didn't <laughs> just have McCaffrey though. Know, I had an absolute baller of a team, and it was just yeah. it was fixed from the start. It was fixed from the start. The, the Cowboys fell apart. Everyone felt it was just okay. <clears throat> Great. Yeah. Um, Okay, so obviously it's been an interesting few days with the draft. Um, we ordered a few mock drafts on our website. Um, not a meant to plan. I think most of somebody got was about 13, right? Which is pretty impressive, I 13 think. 13 is very good. Yeah, I mean, but it was, it was nowhere near what I thought. The, the amount of receivers that lasted on till the end was astonishing. Um, so we've, each of us have picked three of our favourites or most surprising picks of the draft so far. 
Um, going to go through them one by one, have a little breakdown of each one. So, Chris, as you're the guest, do you want to start with your first one? Yeah, sure, man. So, <clears throat> um, so of the three that I'm going to talk about first, I'm going to talk about CeeDee Lamb. Um, I yeah. think that I think this is probably one of the most surprising wide receiver picks, although I'm shockingly not surprised that this happened the way it did because this is very Dallas Cowboys-esque, right? They would end up with the, they would end up with the shiny toy that sort of fell into their lap, and Jerry Jones yeah. just couldn't resist drafting him. Um, now a couple it, it's very interesting because like from a football perspective, it makes a lot of sense. From a fantasy perspective, I'll get into this in a second, but a lot of, a lot of things are going to be true at the same time. And and I'll tell you why that's going to be complicated for fantasy. Um, So, so for the, you know, in terms of what the Dallas Cowboys needed, they most, they they first and foremost needed to rebuild their offensive line. That has been sort of their staple, right? That's been the thing that uh, Zeke has sort of had um, behind him, but they've lost a few people. Like, like they lost Travis Frederick, right? Just all of a sudden up and retired all pro center. There were a few, I mean, the number one all-pro center, uh, or not an all-pro center, but the number one center, Cesar Ruiz, was still on the board. They needed him, and, like, New yeah. Orleans went and picked him. Um, and I'm not even going into the, uh, into the other rounds, but they're, like, for example, Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU was on the board in the second round when Dallas could have picked him. They went defensive line instead. So there is still a gapping, like, problem on the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys that they still haven't addressed. That being said, was C.D. Lamb the best available player on the board? Absolutely. So it's like, yeah, yeah. so it's like, yeah, and, and so like, you know, in, I think you guys are going to talk about Henry Ruggs in just a second. But again, a few things are true at once. Was C.D. Lamb the best wide receiver on the board? Yes. Did Dallas need a wide receiver? No. Was he the best available <laughs> player in terms of overall player? Yes, he was. So not only was he the best wide receiver, he was probably the best player. Um, and then the other thing is, did did Dallas need a quarterback? Uh, sorry, a cornerback. Yes, like they needed yeah. to. They needed certain areas of their of their, let's say, you know, up inside the chessboard, and they decided to pick like a rook instead of like the queen or like I don't know, like like a bishop or something, like something yeah. that w- something that could impact the chessboard much more than let's say the wide receiver. Now, okay. Yeah, right. So, so, so then I think about it, I'm like, okay, so now that, now that the, the chess pieces are more or less set, now let's look at it from a fantasy implication. So you vacate, you vacate Randall Cobb's targets. He had 83, uh, 83 targets of 55 receptions and 828 yards and three touchdowns. Pretty respectable. Like he had a pretty good year yeah. overall, right? So, it's not bad, is it, considering he's a third receiver on the team? I, yeah, exactly. Considering he was the third receiver, right? So then, so then people are like, okay, well, this is going to hurt Gallup. And I think about it, and I'm like, maybe. But then you look at Amari Cooper, and it's like Amari Cooper and Gallup had pretty much the same numbers. Like Gallup had, a hun- had um, um, 112 targets and 66 receptions for 1,107 yards and six TDs. Amari Cooper ended up with 1,189 yards with eight TDs. Like, like they were pretty comparable like, throughout the entire year. <sighs> It's very tricky when it's very tricky when a lot of things can be true at the same time for Dallas, right? Yeah. Because then you got to throw in Blake Jarwin, who just signed a good deal, and how is that going to affect the overall production? Um, my guess is that Gallup will probably th- will probably regress. This is probably the best case scenario. Gallup will regress into Randall Cobb Randall Cobb numbers, right? He'll probably have his TDs lowered, whereas I think CD Lamb will probably take m- more of Gallup's numbers. My worst, yeah. case, my worst case scenario, and I'm, and I'm very, very nervous, and I almost don't want to draft uh, Amari Cooper next season. 
My worst case scenario is that Amari Cooper becomes a crybaby and all of a sudden CeeDee Lamb jumps into that number one wide receiver role because Dak somehow builds a better rapport and Amari Cooper, and that's like the thing, right? Like my whole problem with Amari Cooper has never been his, his like talent. It's always been his like mental toughness. And so- Yeah, he's inconsistent. Exactly, exactly. And so like when I look at a wide receiver as talented as CeeDee Lamb, I'm kind of like, okay, like, like he's gonna, he's gonna definitely shine. Um, but like, who is he going to shine over? Is it going to be Cooper or is it going to be Gallup? And I actually, I have no idea. I really have no idea. And so like, yeah. I, I don't know, like, it's I a very tricky scenario. I think so. They've got that new head coach there haven't they now. Um, and he was very pass heavy with Green Bay. And he's made it very clear that he wants to be very pass heavy again now in Dallas. Uh, so yeah. if I'm honest, yeah, it probably was a lot of the fact that um, he's the best player on the board at the time. And it's, there's always that, that old conversation, whether you take your need or the best player at the time. Right. And I think Bill Belichick's always been one all the time that always takes the best player on the board and just makes it work. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure whether it was best player at the time or a little bit of the head coach saying, I want a receiver because I want to go all out passing attack. Yeah. And throw the ball a number yeah. of times and get back up to 5,000 yards a season. And then, then, then it also adds to the fact that then Elliot is more of a threat because if you've got three out, receivers out there your def- the defense cannot uh, like stack the box against Elliot because they have to be aware of as you say Jarwin as well and the three receivers this yep. could be the best offense in the league yeah honestly. I, I think if, if, if it is Mike McCarthy that's kind of made this pick I think he's put a lot of pressure on himself as well because if you think their offense is going to have to perform like their, their defense yeah. isn't going to be particularly good this season because they've not really made an upgrade on it as of yet Apart from some veterans, but with this draft taking Lamb, he's going to come in and probably play in the slot. I can see him doing most of his damage there. But the offense is going to have to carry this team, and if Mike McCarthy can't get things working right and can't get things firing on all cylinders straight away, Jerry Jones is going to be coming into his office every 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 Monday and I'm asking what the hell's going on. So I think, although yeah. it, I think it's going to be really exciting from the offense, I think it's also quite risky for McCarthy to be putting this much pressure on himself in his first year. Yeah. I think you nailed on though, aren't you? Because I think that for like for us as like fans, it's gonna be an incredible watch to watch this offense play. Ugh. But if you are drafting yeah. a, a fancy team, what what are you doing? Like there's I mean I'm I have no idea. from one of the top five, six receivers in the, in the fancy draft to now being a bit of an unknown because there's two amazingly talented receivers there that can eat into production. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's probably likely it's going to happen too. It's not like, it, oh, it could happen here and there. It's likely going to happen. Like, in, or Maybe not in every single game, but there will be games where they take three or four of his passes where they could be the ones that he's gone for 60 yards. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he did have quite a few passes last um, on touchdowns last year where he'd gone for like 40 plus yards. So, you know, if, if it does into, into eat into his production. Ari, are you... Are, are you a bit nervous? Because, like, again, like, I think about this in, in like, the fact that like, I know we're talking about C.D. Lamb, but we're also, in a, in a way, talking about what they gave up at that first at that first round pick, and they could have taken an offensive tackle or, yeah. or center. I mean, are, like, you didn't sound too nervous about Zeke's production, but I'm starting to get a little nervous about this. Like, to me, what I this kind of reminds me of like, uh, like if you want to roll this back to the nineties, like Emmett Smith was amazing because the offensive line on the Dallas Cowboys was making everybody talks about how if Barry Sanders had Emmett Smith's offensive line, he would be the surefire best running back of all time. That reminds me of Saquon Barkley right over in New York. Yeah. 
Yeah. Zeke now, I don't know, like he's lost a few pieces of that puzzle. I think I actually think this puts Zeke on the hot seat with that with that huge contract. I think yeah. we're gonna find out how good of a back Zeke really is. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have so, expected his production to come down anyway this year. Like Ari said, yeah. McCarthy does like to pass the ball a lot. So I'd expect it as a client anyway. But yeah, I think you are right. Not addressing this offensive line and the pieces they've lost from it is definitely going to hurt him as well. We, we did a podcast last week where me and Tom discussed what each team needed in the draft. Hmm. And I brought up the fact that the, that the Cowboys had lost Frederick. I said that they do need to replace him because for a while, the, the Cowboys O-line has carried that team because... When Dak struggled or when the receivers went on point, they always had Zeke powering the ball through, whether it was only for four yards now and again, but they could yeah. put him three, three times every single uh, time. So it, it was never going to be an issue for them. But now they've put, all, as Tom says, all that pressure on the passing game. And if I'm honest, so if Zeke didn't have the contract there, you'd say Zeke's got a free year. But because that contract's there, there's no such thing as a free year now. So even if uh, McCarthy is saying, I'm passing the ball all the time and you'll get the scraps. If Zeke doesn't perform with those scraps, it, the pressure's all on him. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> yeah, anyways, to conclude the, the CD Lamb situation, I mean, I think, again, good pick is what they needed to yeah. know. Was he the best receiver on the board? Yes. Was he probably the best player on the board? Yes. How does it affect Dallas's fantasy relevance? Best case scenario, everyone gets better. Worst case scenario, they're going to implode because there's going to be a lot of like uh, personalities to, to feed there and it's not going to be good. So, um, yeah. you know, let's, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll let that manifest for our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Just monitor it. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Tom, you want to run to your, your first one? Yep. Uh, my first one then is Kenneth Murray from the Chargers. They took him at pick 23. So he's the linebacker coming out of um, Oklahoma. Um, I think this is just where the Chargers are building up on strength here. To me, their defense yeah. was already um, a top five one and potentially going to be one of the better ones in the league this year. And I think adding in another off-the-ball linebacker who's going to run around all the field, make all the tackles, and you're putting him next to Derwin James. I mean, I think we could be seeing <laughs> the Chargers' defense as potentially the best this year. Um, to me, that's, it's going to be so exciting to to, um, to watch that those two play together. Um They've got all the weapons now, I think, on defense. Um, but I think they're going to have to do the bulk of the carrying for that team. Like the offense, yes, they've got Justin Herbert in, um, who they've selected today. Whether they start him or Tyrod Taylor, they're not going to carry the team, are they? It is going to be um, all on the, on the defense. But I think watching Murray and Derwin James next to each other is going to be really exciting for us all to see. Yeah, they've got the pieces there now. I mean, obviously, he came in with 102 tackles last year. Uh, 69 of them being solo tackles. Now, that's massive. That's 325 yeah. total tackles in three years. I mean, those numbers are, like, incredible to come in with. I'm honestly surprised he dropped that far down the board. There's, there's yeah. other, other teams that could have done with somebody in this position. I mean, as you said, they, they didn't need him. Like, they, they could have bypassed him and took another position, and, it, and no one would have battered an island. <laughs> yeah. no, no one would have said, oh, my God, why have they missed him? But yeah. they've taken him because... I think they traded up for him as well. At the time. Yeah. yeah. It is, I mean, okay, fair enough. If you want to go out and say, they've obviously looked at the Patriots last year who absolutely smashed up the defence, carried the team a little bit, and it worked so well for them. They're just obviously thinking, if we are waiting for our offence to like gel and like see how they go, <clears> maybe <throat> they can carry them through a few years with an unbelievable defence. 
Yeah, and it will take the pressure off them. So whether it is Herbert or Tyrod Taylor, I can't imagine them having to really score probably more than 17, 20 points each week to try and like stay in a game and, and, and to win it. I think that defense is going to shut down a lot of teams. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's going to help either of them out. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, so I was on, I was, I actually ended up taking uh, the Chargers last season in fantasy football <laughs> with my first overall defensive selection. Now in my home league, we value defenses pretty heavily. So like that pick is pretty important. Um, they underwhelmed from a fantasy perspective. And, and I want to, I, I'm hoping that this was just an anomaly type of season. Now here's what, here's what worries me. I think that was a great pick for what they needed outside of fantasy because the rest of that division stocked up on offense and they yeah. needed, they needed yeah, something. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, it, it was interesting when I was watching the draft, the analysis was basically like, Basically, that entire division is punting defensive selections, and they're, they're just going to try to buy offensive weapons to keep up with the Chiefs. Like that was basically the game plan, and 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 which is why you know you saw them take Justin Herbert. He was arguably like maybe better than Tua. Like he, you know, if if, if you took Herbert, oh, you don't think so, huh? All right, we'll talk about that. No worries. Yeah, this is this is. We'll talk about that when we get to Jordan Love in a, in a bit here. We'll talk about the yeah. QBs. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, they, they needed, obviously they needed an, a quarterback at that, that position, which is obviously their offensive pick. And then they went defense. So, you know, I think they're trying to balance the fence there. They already have a good defense. I'm hoping that they relive up to their sort of 2018 before they got smashed by the Patriots in the playoffs. That's, that's, I think, that's like, I actually think that's like a true representation of that defense. And for some reason last year, it didn't quite come together as nicely as people wanted it to, especially in fantasy. So um, yeah, overall good pick. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I mean, I think they disappointed last year. They had Derwin James missing when he, when he got injured. But I think like you were talking about every other team in that division going for offense. And the Chargers kind of going against that with this pick. Um, obviously, yeah. the, the best way to get into the playoffs is to win your division. And obviously, they're already stacked. They're already up against it with the Chiefs. The Raiders have improved. The Broncos have improved now. Um, so if they kind of understand that their offense isn't going to be what's going to um, take them over the top, if they just keep on building on that defense, that's going to give them um, the best chance. Yeah. And I think they are one of the, the few teams which kind of held Mahomes in like relative check during the games last year. I think looking at the stats, he um, didn't pass 200 yards against them um, through the air. Um, so looking here, it's got two touchdowns and two interceptions and 180 yards in the games against the Chiefs, um, against the Chargers, sorry. So if they're just building on that and they've got more players coming back and they've got Chris Harris as well, I think that they should be able to challenge the Chiefs mm-hmm. pretty comfortably and, um, and and try to take that division from them. <laughs> Chiefs. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of defense. I do like defense. Obviously, like I follow Seattle, so Legion of Boom defense does work. I mean, it's clear on def- on certain teams in in the league when you do stack your defense, it really does work. But when you come up against a team like the Chiefs on offense, you may you may decide to only hold them to 180 yards, but they're still going to win. Like the, the firepower yeah. is there, and the yeah. Chiefs defense isn't that bad anymore. Like the Chiefs defense improved last year towards the end, so. I mean, I think that's their division until they decide that they decide it's not until they decide not to pay one of their big players. It's it did, division. it did. But I think at the same time, in those matchups with the Chiefs and the Chargers last year, if Rivers hadn't thrown six, six interceptions across the two games, they probably win because they were they were pretty close games. Um, 
one of them was a one score game, one of them was a ten point game. But in a ten point game, Rivers three two interceptions. So if like yeah. I think we know that Justin Herbert is gonna look after the ball. And that's one of the few things that he did at college um really quite well. So if he's doing that, then I think it does give them a pretty good chance against the Chiefs. And the number one priority based on how last season went, obviously the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, is the Chargers need to beat the Chiefs. Maybe. Okay, uh, should we move on to my first pick then? Um, so I've got the speed demon, Henry Ruggs, third. Uh, I, I said a few, a few months back now on my Instagram that he was the best receiver in the draft. Cool. I got a bit of stick for it. No, I uh, like it, yeah. Which is, which, is, which is fair. I mean, you can't always agree, can you? Which is, <laughs> I, I just think in this league now, it's been proven that the, the game's changing a little bit to, towards more of what college football's bringing in. Now you see a lot more of the trick yeah. plays. You see a lot more um, of the, the fast, the outright speedy receivers being more successful than the older guys, such as like like your Des Bryant kind of receivers, like a bit slower, but go up and get it. Like you saw, you saw, let's say in Tampa, for example, you've always got Mike Evans, but he is fast as well. But let's say when he slows down, he's going to be pushed out that game. Whereas Tyreek Hill will not stop being successful until he, stu- he loses his legs because he That's can it, just yeah. run past he can run past you and as soon as you get a quarterback who can throw the ball more than 30, 40 yards which is most of the boys coming out of college now accurately then that's all you need that pace now okay he might have Derek Carr as his quarterback which is a bit, say, a bit worrying that kind of makes but, your uh, point then about the deep ball pretty difficult <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't like to throw the ball yeah. deep yeah. but I mean it could be an idea of using about the backfield as well because he is that fast like you saw in, in um San Francisco with like Debo Samuel and things and people like him where yeah. they use him out the backfield. You've seen in uh, Kansas with Tyree Kill. It, it, with these speed, rece- speed receivers now, they can play anywhere. They, they do anything now because they're that fast. They almost make the offense harder to read because if you got, hey, yeah. let's say someone like AJ Green, um, you knew 100 times out of 100, he was just going to be run down that line as fast as he could, mm-hmm. cut in now and again, and he was going to catch the ball. That is, right. So as long as you get a cornerback who can just cover it, like man cover him, you, you, you mean he still managed to win, like win all his balls, which is amazing. But like he didn't mm-hmm. do much else. Um, like let's say Alshon Jeffrey as well. But if you if you look at the the faster receivers of the league, I think I mean, his stats weren't unbelievable in college, but the, the outright speed of him, I just yeah. think that makes him successful. I was going to say he was the third um, receiver, wasn't he, on Alabama last year? But yeah. I think you, you are right. The speed's going to make a massive difference. I, I, I do see him being used just like Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's interesting think, because, like, even in college, um, you know, you're right. I think he was like number, I think he was like number two or number three receiver on on Alabama. But like, there are there are skill sets that transfer much better in the NFL than they yeah. do in college. Like, and yeah. like you cannot replace that. And it's interesting. Like, he, talk about speed. Like, we're like just so everyone knows. Like, if you haven't been following on the draft or like some of these players, Henry Ruggs has better than Tyree kill speed. That's how good he is. Like, yeah. that's, how, yeah. that's actually how fast he is. He's got like Olympic track speed. So, 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 so when you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, like, you know, why do they take Henry Ruggs? It's probably because you've only listened to people talk about CD lamb and Jerry Judy for so long. Right. Henry Ruggs has Olympic speed. I can't like, I can't put that in another context. Like, like that should yeah. tell you everything you need to know. And he's got good hands. You're right. He can line up on the outside. He can line up on the inside. He can do a lot of different things that I'm sure Gruden would, is going to love to do. 
Um, yeah. I actually thought it was a great pick. I, I actually, yeah. Ari, I am on board with, with your take. Someone asked, so I'm doing a dynasty draft um, with a bunch of uh, other uh, sort of independent accounts, Limelight and a bunch of those dudes like TCK. Yeah. So uh, somebody asked like, oh, like, you know, who do you have? Who's like your best receiver coming off the board? Like, oh, no, no, sorry. Who is the best like offensive threat? And I was like, well, you know, probably Jonathan Taylor from like a running back perspective, just because like, you know, there aren't a ton of great running backs available. Um, but I don't think he's going to last very long obviously because he's got a lot of tread miles but to be fair like I think Ruggs is the best offensive weapon on the board because he yeah. can run as fast as he can and I, I just think he's gonna last longer so and I, I, I know in football over here one of our friends used to be a scout for the foreign football teams hmm. and they said from a young age when they look at players they look at pace first speed you can teach the rest yeah I think it applies here too like you cannot teach someone to run that fast like he no. is just naturally that yeah. fast the rest of it they can just teach him <laughs> Like yeah. when he goes there and Gruden just teaches a scheme, right. you can apply his scheme to Henry Ruggs. You've won. Well done, mate. You've done it. That is it because yeah. no yeah. one's going to catch him. You, no one's going to catch him. So exactly. teach exactly. him the scheme, go over and over and over and over and over it with him and success. I think I, so, so uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be sort of the, I can't believe I'm going to be like the Derek Carr savior here. I think he's going to be good next year. <laughs> I think I think he's gonna be good next year. So I keep hearing it's interesting, man. I keep reading. I read this. I read this fucking everywhere, but it doesn't like it low key doesn't translate on the field or in fantasy. Like Jalen Richard, um, the backup running back to to uh, to Jacobs, came out and said like the whole team is a hundred percent behind Derek Carr, and he added that he's crazy accurate. And I've heard that multiple times from multiple people that Derek Carr is crazy accurate. So here's what I think is going to happen. Best case scenario, you add rugs, right? You open the field up a little bit. I think Derek Carr, I think you start seeing some of that deadly accuracy that everybody else keeps talking about that we just can't see. So, so best case <laughs> well, scenario, if we, if we can't see it. Sleeper, I know. Sleeper, sleeper QB pick late round, Derek Carr. There it is. I mean, he's accurate. He, he's definitely got the accuracy. He led the league and um, he lead the league in um, completion percentage last year. I'm pretty sure. Outside of maybe that, Drew Brees. Derek Carr. Yeah. But he, he's accurate. He just doesn't like to throw the ball downfield. But maybe huh. if he's if he's got someone that you can trust now, like Ruggs. Like, like you touched on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Ruggs, like you said, he's, he's got the hands as well as the speed. Right. So you don't even have to teach him the hands. Like maybe you have to teach him a few more routes. Yeah. But yeah. he's got he's got perfect hands as well. If Williams if Williams stays healthy, if Williams stays healthy, you got Ruggs. I mean, they have they have a lot of good weapons. Like you know, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, yeah. like they're going to be pretty good next year. Like that's a, yeah, that's a low, that's yeah. a sleeper team right there. I like it. I think so. Um, okay. So Chris, you want to go on to the next one? Who have you got next? All right. Um, I was going to go, I was going to go, I, the, I, I'll just do, I'll just jump into the Arizona Cardinals with Isaiah Simmons. So yeah. what's interesting about the Isaiah Simmons situation Um Isaiah Simmons was probably again very similar to very similar to like Dallas in a sense like so Arizona Arizona had a couple of narratives going into the draft you had the Kyla Murray narrative we have to draft CeeDee Lamb I need someone opposite of um opposite of Hopkins and not Christian Kirk um you had you had like the fan saying like no like we need an offensive tackle because you know, we don't want Kyler Murray dying, right? Because he's like, you need insurance on your, you need insurance on your number one pick in 2019. So, you, so you have that as well. And then they go in and draft, they go in and draft a linebacker. So it's like, it's like very interesting. Now, what's cool about this is that they end up, I believe they ended up drafting an offensive tackle, right? 
they drafted in the third round, I think. They drafted um, – I wrote it here. Where is he? Yeah, There's Josh there. Jones. Josh Jones, 6'7", yeah. 310 pounds. He was the seventh-ranked offensive tackle coming off the board. So they end up getting, I think, a pretty good pick in the third round. And then they get the best defensive linebacker at the same time. It's like they actually ended up filling two needs simultaneously. I don't think they need a wide receiver. Like, I think they're pretty good. Like, their offensive yeah. – their offensive production yeah. will be just fine. I think Kenyon Drake's a good running back. They have – we call him – his name's Chase, Chase Edmonds. We call him Cheese Almonds here over at the commission. Cheese Almonds. <laughs> Cheese, <laughs> Cheese Almonds is, is pretty serviceable. Right? He had a couple of games last year. Like, he's a serviceable player. They have, you know, they have Hopkins, Kirk. Uh, they have Fitzgerald. Like, they're going to be fine on offense. They got the tackle. And then, like, dude, like – Buda Baker, one of the best safeties in the league. He's like low-key one yeah. of my favorite defensive players. Then they draft Wait. Isaiah Simmons. Like I'm very pumped with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals draft right now. Very good. Very happy about that. I, uh, no, I agree. I honestly think this could have been one of the most exciting players in the whole draft. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he's yeah. he's an absolute monster. And this this again, you know, me back to before with it is a it's always a big conversation of whether you draft the best talent in the in the draft or you take your team need and they just literally looked past their team need and just said <laughs> there is nobody else in this draft who is this good like ah. he plays he played all over the defense last year like across the whole secondary he was yeah. just being it, i mean he is an, a, a genuine freak so i mean they could probably put him in the o-line and he'd be better than some of the players they got there now bro for really <laughs> and, and uh like that's so right like like you, you only make a move like that when you think you have a transcendent player. And I actually think yeah. Isaiah Simmons is, is a transcendent player. Cause like, even if you look at the needs of what Arizona actually needed, the other thing they needed is to stop the NFC West. And we already know yeah. Seattle and San Francisco have monster rushing attacks. There's yeah. not that many guys who can stop those attacks. Like, like I looked at, I mean, I, I, we're going to talk about Jordan Love in a second, but I went back and looked at. Um, the Green Bay Packers getting smashed. They they got they got crushed in the NFC Championship game. Two hundred eighty five yards on the ground, like yeah. four touchdowns, four touchdowns, like a joke, like an absolute joke. And that hasn't gone away. So San Francisco, Seattle, monster rushing attacks, and then not so much with the Rams. But you have guys like Cooper Cup and Woods and Higby, those guys that kind of come over the middle, those slant routes. Like they do a lot. Like Isaiah Simmons, who's going to cover him? That guy. So yeah. I don't know. I, overall, like I think that they ended up. Maybe not taking a desperate need, but they definitely got something that, that is going to work for them long-term. Yeah, well, he's, he's yeah. just going to be a matchup player, isn't he? Like you just said then, he'll be able to cover the run against the 49ers and the, and the Seahawks. And then when it comes to the Rams and you've got all their different wide receivers, you can put them on Cooper Cup. You could put them on, on Josh Reynolds. You could put them on whoever. He'll be able to cover them. I think his, his speed is just ridiculous. Um I, I can't see anyone running away from him. So if, if he plays a safety <laughs> position, even if someone gets past him, like he's going to have the recovery speed to be able to um, to go back and get, and get them. So, mm-hmm. I think this this to me this does still fill a, um, a bit of a need for the Cardinals um, because when he can get something like that, he's always going to make a massive difference. But I think one thing because of his vers- um, versatility, you're going to need a coach who's going to know exactly what he wants to do with him. So mm-hmm. I think Vance Joseph has got a bit of bit of a job on his hand there, and he's going to have to come up with a specific plan. I think, and that plan's probably going to change week to week based on the matchup. Yeah, hopefully it does. I think it's interesting because like the more we think about some of these teams that have made good picks, the coach has now become sort of on the hot seat, right? And so 
you know, it's like, it's like, you know, you got what you have now. Yeah. Now it's not, now go into go into some fucking games. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like, there's, there's no, there's no other excuse now. Like you can give like a coach like kind of like a mulligan if like he didn't have like great weapons, but once you have great weapons, man, it's time to go yeah. perform, you know? So yeah, that's what I mean. That, that's why I'm scared for the books going on, going on to the books. We always talk <laughs> about the books. That's why I'm scared. There's so much pressure. <laughs> there's too much. I'm not well, going to handle it when the hey, season starts. I'm going to break no, down. There's no other person that can handle pressure than our man over here, Mr. Tom Brady. That, that is true. That is true. Um, okay, so we've covered that. Um, um, Tom, who's your next one? Yep, my next one is Michael Pittman Jr., taken by the Colts at 34, the wide receiver coming out of USC. So he's like the, the opposite player that you just talked about there with Ruggs, Ari. Um, yeah. He is the big body receiver who's going to jump up and get, and, and get the ball. He's going to outmuscle the, um, the people around him. Um, to me, he's going to fit pretty nicely across um, from T.Y. Hilton. I see the yep. two very different players. Um, I see him a little bit like Anquan Baldwin um, in, in, in um, how he plays. And to me, he can be kind of become what Rivers had at the Chargers with Mike Williams um, and Keenan Allen um, as well in terms of Rivers just throws the ball up, doesn't he? At some point, he can't really throw the ball that well anymore. Like you saw him last year, just lobbing the ball up, probably with his eyes closed, hoping that one of his big guys was going to come down with it. And he's got um, Pittman now that can um, do that for him on the Colts. Um, yeah. So when you when you look at his stats last year, 101 um, receptions, 1,300 yards, and 11 touchdowns. That's that, that's a hell of a season. And I can see him coming into the league. Maybe not quite getting those um, yardage and touchdown totals, but I don't think it'd be too far off it. Yeah, I think it again. It, it stinks of the fact that these quarterbacks have come into these schemes as we've discussed before, and they've had a lot of say in what's going to be brought in the next, the next uh, regime. Obviously, as you said, when Brady comes into Tampa Bay, they're going to be adjusting to Brady's players rather than yeah. Brady fitting into them. And I think that works with this as well. Uh, Rivers has come to them. And they've identified what he needs on the offense. They've realized that Zach Pascal and um, who's the other guy again? Um, what is his name again? They had a rookie from last year who was injured, wasn't he? They put him in the first round. Paris, someone was Paris it? Campbell. That Paris was Campbell. The one. Yeah, it didn't really work out that well last week, last year. And T.Y. Hilton is getting on a bit now and getting a few injuries. Yeah. Not as consistent anymore. So it made sense bringing a wide receiver in. And as you say, that, that big-bodied receiver that needs to go up and get it. I mean, it fits into what Rivers needs. He likes his tight ends, doesn't he? He likes those big fellas that can just catch the ball high above the head. Yeah. So. No, and I, I think the pick that they made just after this as well, when they took Jonathan Taylor as well, I think I think that's going to help like the, the entire offense. I think um, they've got Mack there, who's a bit of an injury risk, and then Hines. Probably isn't. You, you don't really want him as your third down back. But if you get Taylor in for four or five years, I'm not I'm not sure how much longer um, he'll last. Like Chris said, he's got a lot of miles um, on his legs already. But I think an, an, another move like that does just show that they are kind of putting one big push in now for, for that season with Rivers, hoping um, that they can get to the, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't really have too much more to add to that. I think you guys kind of nailed all the points. I mean, they, they have a pretty solid defense. They have a great offensive line, um, you know, average running backs, but I think they're serviceable. They're pretty good as long as they stay healthy. They definitely needed a wide receiver. Like, I mean, T.Y. Hilton yeah. is good, but he's older. Um, it's, it's like weird. Like, he's been playing in the league for like nine or eight years or something like that now. It's like – It's longer than you think, isn't it? It's so yeah. much longer than you think. He's already, he's already like 31 years old. I, I like 30 or 31. It's like – 
he, you know, he still could be elite, but he's not the T.Y. Hilton we, you know, know and love um, in fantasy. And so they needed something um, to start to replace that particular position. And I thought it was a great pick. So, um, you know, the other thing, though, too, is like you start getting to these like second and third, second and third round wide receivers. Um, and like we already know this, like some of these guys will work out. Some of them won't. And so, you know, we're going to, I think we're going to find out like pretty quickly, like within like a year or two that some of these picks will, will or will not work out. And so, you know, Indianapolis could be on the upside of a great, you know, first couple of rounds, or they're going to be on the downside. Because again, we already know, just looking at Dallas, these offensive lines don't stay intact for too long. So they do have a window of opportunity and hopefully, you know, they'll capitalize on it. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Exactly what it is, isn't it? They've obviously realized he's an old fellow now going into the, they're trying to capitalize now. I mean, I, I'm not, it's not somebody that I've been looking at picking up in any sort of fantasy league because there's a few receivers there now and obviously they're just going to see which one works. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Um, okay, we'll move on to uh, my next pick, um, which was, oh geez, which one should I go with? Um, we'll have Cam Akers. Um, mm. So this one is a, one, if I'm honest, I wasn't hugely aware of him that much. Uh, so one of my friends said to him, he's quite excited to see where he, where he went to. Um, so I looked into a bit more, watched a few more of his, uh, his tapes, looked at, looked at him. He's, he's incredible. He is yeah. going to be a very exciting back. Um, he had quite, he's, he's been used as well in the passing game, which is good. Not, not a huge amount, but I think he's going to be fitting into that scheme quite well. Obviously, you're going into a place where McVeigh is literally a scheme genius so um i think any running back that was going to go in there will will be fine uh, he's got well, let me just read out a few things for you. he's got 1144 rushing yards i mean that's not too far behind jonathan taylor yeah he had 18 total touchdowns again only he had that's one more than jonathan taylor and considering jonathan taylor broke all the records last year i mean someone like cam Akers who wasn't taking that high at all considering great Great pick from, uh, from the Rams. Again, it negates the need to maybe trade for Leonard uh, Fournette if they were tempted by that trade at all. Yeah, and he did it on a not very good Florida State team as well. Like they've, yeah. they've underperformed for a, few, for a few years and he was basically carrying their offense. It was him, all the defense, um, all the, um, the defenses they played against knew that everything was going to go through Cam Akers and he could still produce. So when you yeah. think when you put him in that backfield now with um, Daryl Henderson as well, I think the two of them could make a really good combination. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, yeah. Chris? I, I, I agree. I agree. I think um, it's, it's funny, Tom. I, I listened to your, y'all's episode not too long ago. Tom, you had mentioned that the, that the running back position should more or less be kind of like one of the last positions that a team fills yeah. out, um, which, which from, especially from like a contract standpoint, I totally agree with. Um, it's kind of like a juxtaposition of the fact that CMC just got paid whatever it was, like $16 million a year. But I felt, I felt at the time of the Todd Gurley deal that, there, that we were going to see a running back um, market correction. And I still think, now, I, I, I'm going to stick to this. I think as good as CMC is, that was overpaying a running back. Just because the position, yeah, it the position itself, Tom, I, believe in, I actually believe in what you talked about, which is that that should be one of the last positions you fill out. And everything else, if everything else is solid, your running backs will be, will be productive. Um, and so yeah. from a fantasy perspective, it's like, fine, I don't care. Like I'm going to pick CMC if I have the number one pick, <laughs> yeah. not a problem. Yeah. Go, go, go ahead, pay, you know, pay him whatever you want to. But I do think, <laughs> but I do think making the move that the Rams did and then going out and getting 
a running back like Cam Akers. Like they they would have been fine if they picked J.K. Dobbins, who went like two rounds or two picks after that to the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Like any one of those picks would have been great because they do have like a pretty good team overall. Yeah, they just they just had a massive fucking contract that was weighing them down. So it's a scheme. It's a scheme isn't early. It? Right. It's- Exactly. The scheme works. So, like, McVay is a genius. So, they, as you said, they could have picked Dobbins. They could have picked any of the running backs there. And he – it's hard to describe about that. You could, they could have put any running back in that place, and you wouldn't worry. You wouldn't have gone, oh, God. Yeah. Because – and, and it, this is one of, one of the teams that does fit into Tom's theory of the running back is the last place. But with the McCaffrey thing, the only reason they could pay him the $16 million a year – million dollars a year, sorry – is because they paid Bridgewater 20 if they were paying an elite quarterback 30 or $40 million a year, they couldn't yeah. afford to then pay their running back. So but you'd rather have a quarterback that you can pay $30, $40 million a year than a running back you'd pay yeah. $16 million. Co- Correct. But they're, yeah. they're obviously looking for the, at the draft in a few years, I think. Bridgewater is not their future. He's literally, a, yeah, as you say, not. without being a pun, he is the bridge quarterback. He is bridging a gap for them until they go and get <laughs> an elite yeah. guy. But it, it allows them that period of time to be able to pay McCaffrey. Well, yeah. and, and, and probably going to be the main focal point of that offense as well. Whilst whilst he is getting paid that much money, yeah, and and yeah, they might want to go and pay a big a big guy more money. But yeah, they, at the time they took Bridgewater, who is not a bad option at all, at twenty million dollars dollars a year. That is not a big contract at all for for a, a quarterback. Yeah. So, and, and to be fair, like Carolina is like they don't have a ton of massive contracts on, uh, under them. No. So like, so like they, you know, to be fair again, like I don't think that it, I still don't think like paying running backs it's ever going to be justified that much money. I think, I actually think like the Bill Belichick route tends to work. Like, and it's proven, like, you know, you find yeah. a couple of, you find, you find like your little, like your little scat back, like Deion Lewis, sort of James White, you hopefully find a good overall running back that can like pound the rock. I mean, Sony Michelle hopefully will get back to normal, but you know, he had a pretty good rookie season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But, but you just need like a couple of good running backs who can do the job and fit into the scheme that you're trying to play. Um, and Outside yeah. of that, I mean, if you you know you don't have to pay them a whole ton of money. Like there are good serviceable running backs that can do all that. You know, you get it. You get a forty niners. Forty niners. Another example, right? Exactly. So I don't. I think like the majority of the league is telling is telling us like you know you don't need that sixteen million dollar running back. It's good in fantasy. It's fine. Like I love CMC. I love him watching him play. I have no problem him, with him making that money. But I think from an overall longevity standpoint, like you're right. Like Teddy, Britt, like the only reason why they could do that is because they're not paying a giant contract to a quarterback. So, you know, I think that window is kind of short for them. And hopefully, Teddy Bridgewater does the job. And you know, and and then and then you also keep CMC happy. So that you know, yeah, go for it, guys. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with you though that the running back market should reset itself. Um, I don't think McCaffrey is going to have too much of an impact on that market because of how much anomaly he was. But yeah. I do think it might affect that Saquon might now want a huge contract. Because he's seen Ezekiel Elliott there on, a ma- on massive money. You can see McCaffrey there. And he's thinking, I think he's going to think, why can't I be on massive money? Oh, they're all going to um, Of course, yeah. But, but then again, like I was sitting there, and again, like I, we talked about this, I forget what episode it was, like a while back, but like you know, when, when, Gurley, when Gurley got traded, we were kind of thinking like, this is definitely a market correction. Melvin Gordon is not going to see the money he wants. Kenyon Drake is not going to see the money he wants. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to be running backs that are just like that, those like tier two dudes that are not going to get the money they want. And that's, that's the way it has to be. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. Like, it's just the reality of the situation. So if Saquon gets his money again, good for him, but I don't think that's a good long-term strategy overall. No, yeah. it won't be. And I think Saquon's been wasted. 
I would say, on that Giants team. Like, yes, he provides a nice blanket for Daniel Jones to help him develop, but it should be the other way around. Very they have drafted a few uh, offensive tackles um, and a few O-linemen, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully that O-line is improving and he yeah. can actually get the most out of his rookie contract that he's there with. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, Chris, what going on to your next one for us? All right, man. So I've been positive on two picks. I'm going to, I'm going to go with my negative of the, of the draft. Um, our, our Green Bay Packers fans, your number one <laughs> first round pick was Jordan Love. There are, there are so, many, there are so many things wrong with this pick. I don't even know yeah, where to agreed. start. I don't even know where to start with this. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love this pick. Oh, you do? I <laughs> wait, I can't wait, I, I can't wait to hear your perspective. I really do. I'm yeah. very interested. Because I need, I need to find some positives in this because I can't. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this outside of the pick for just one second. We'll talk about, the, we'll talk about Jordan Love as a player in, in, in just a moment. But first, what I wanted to talk about is this. From a management level, how, how as a GM and maybe a coach, do you not tell your actual quarterback you're making this fucking pick? Right? Report, yeah. the, the reports came out, and Aaron Rodgers was totally unaware that this is going to happen in the first round. I don't understand it. I, I can't understand. Yeah. I can't. I just. Especially I knowing know. his personality as well and how he tends to react to certain things. He does get a little bit moody, doesn't he? You'd think you'd absolutely yeah. want him in the know because that, that would ultimately help how you move it forward. Like if he knew, and even if he doesn't agree with it, if, long, if he knew in advance, he'll still feel somewhat better about it. Something is being sprung upon him. You just this is why I love the pick. You want the drama. Oh, man. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is the most. Uh, Entitled person in the league. Now I get, I get he isn't. I get he's talented. I'm fully aware that he is one of the best. But the way he, the attitude he has, like, like I just, I should do everything myself, just because Brady has or British. It's like no, you've had, you've had all this time. Go and win, go and win some more, and then yeah. you can, then you can earn that right. He, he's just, uh, I don't know. He, you uh, can't deny his talent. You can't ever deny that. But I just think. Fucking smile, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he could do with smiling more. He could do with smiling. He's a bit miserable, but I think, I mean, he should have definitely won more recently. But at the same time, I never really think that the Packers have invested proper, pro- properly. Um, yeah. Like to really help him. Like they always take second, third, fourth round wide receivers who never pan out after like two seasons. The one mainstay has been Devontae Adams, himself yeah. as a second round pick. Like Rogers is 36. He's going to come in towards the end of his career. Why not take one of the top receivers that, um, that's left to give him another weapon? Um, another weapon. Like I'd have loved to see T. Higgins on there, or if they're trading up, maybe trade up to yeah. um, to get like um, another speed guy. To, to me, you want to put people around Rogers. You don't want to put someone behind Rogers for like three years in the future. So it's yeah. a clear it's a clear show of intent that they've basically said, whatever you win in the next four years, Rogers, fantastic. But we are planning for the future now. So wild. Jordan it's Love, wild. he's not he's not a guy you just take in the first round, Jordan Love, and you just go, let's just see if he works out. He's a guy that you've traded up for. So you clearly have an inter- you, like, this is a guy you want. You've been you've been watching him, you've traded up for him. <laughs> it, it just it yeah. is comical. So so what's what's very interesting about the Jordan Love pick? So um, we're we're doing some collabs with uh, TCK uh, Lucas Kaser. He's doing yeah. a um, he's got this thing coming out uh, the Fantasy Football Exchange um, or the Fantasy Football Stock Exchange. It's a website. I have to actually get the website linked down just so I can like 
promote it properly to some degree, but like, yeah. we're, so, so the commish pod, uh, me, Alex and Eric are putting together these player profiles and we put one together for Jordan love and anybody that needs to know a bit about Jordan love. He basically is, he's like, we wrote here in, in, in our analysis that he's basically the chicken or the egg conundrum. So like in 2018, he had a great, great yeah. QB QB season in 2019. He had a terrible QB season, like awful, like not good at all. Like not round yeah. one worthy QB. Like if you had looked at those stats, you would have thought that maybe this guy's getting drafted like in the seventh or something like, or the sixth, like not yeah. very good at all. So his stats, his stats were three, 3,402 yards, 20 TDs and 17 interceptions. Like as opposed to 32 TDs and only six interceptions the year before that. So when you look at Jordan Love, like, okay, so what was the problem? They had a battered offensive line. They had a new head coach. There's a bunch of different things that would contribute to that. Or is he just not, not a consistent quarterback? So yeah. what's interesting about this move is that like Green Bay could have taken him in like the third if they wanted to, or maybe the fourth. All you're doing, again, having him behind Rodgers is seeing whether or not he's going to be a potentially good quarterback. That's not what you do with your number one pick. Like you're yeah. like, I don't know, like to me, I just don't think like your number one pick is an experiment. Yeah. I mean, that's I, what I'm I, saying. So, if if he if he is someone you're just trying to see if it works out, yeah, don't pick him in the first round, right? Because it 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 is crazy. Like your first round pick is how you can improve the team right now. Now, as you said, T. Higgins was there, so he is a receiver. You've only got Devontae Adams there, who is actually a decent receiver. You've taken a punt on Geronimo Allison, on Marcus Valdez Scoutman, and Alan Lazard. And yeah, Alan Lazard pulled out a few good games last year. But you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win a, let's say, a Super Bowl with Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams as your receivers. Yeah. That is, yeah. it's not gonna yeah. work. So, I mean, it just shows that they don't really, they're not really trying to win right now. What's What's wild, even? It's it. I don't. I just don't understand it because, is they were 13 and three, right? They went to the NFC Championship game. They get fucking smoked on the ground. Okay. Yeah. Their defense, their defense was the 26th ranked rushing defense. You had plenty, yeah. plenty of picks to yeah. back up your defensive line. There were so many people you could have taken that you decided not to. Yeah. And what's all right now? So the first, the first is offense. The second is a crime. You go in <laughs> and take AJ Dillon with your next pick. Are you fucking crazy? Like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they, they, they're not. Solving the problems that haunted them last year. Yeah, I'm just so happy I'm not a Packers fan. I would be fucking. Yeah, I'm losing my mind over here. I'm not even a Packers fan. Yeah. Well, did you see on the network on the coverage they had behind Goodell, didn't they? They had the screen which had um, little pockets of fans. Yeah. um, On camera, and if you zoomed in on one of it, um, just as Goodell says, and the pick is Jordan Love, the guy on the TV right behind, um, um, right behind Goodell, just looks confused and upset like he's got a blank <laughs> expression on his face and i think that perfectly sums up like you said how every single oh. packer fan must feel exactly. i think i don't think um jordan love gets taken in the first round if it wasn't for mahomes being mahomes because obviously mahomes struggled a little bit in college came into the nfl had his year behind um alex smith and then it's completely blown up the league um and the people that you kept, you kept getting um, love compared to Mahomes um, in terms of like his raw physical abilities and how he can throw the ball. So I think unless Mahomes is Mahomes, I don't think love gets taken at all. I think, like you said, Chris, it would be third, fourth round. 
Minimum, yeah. So, yeah. anyways, I'm just like, that's like the most egregious pick I've seen in the entire draft. It, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I, it was, it, I think the best part of the whole situation is they traded up for him. <laughs> that's the best part. That has to be the best part of this. Uh, insult to injury. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah they, it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to be very interested to see how Rodgers reacts. Like, in this he's, so he's been a bit, he's been a bit, um, been a bit like a toy out the pram hasn't he, recently. Didn't he email everyone about something at one point to all the team members and no one replied to him? Oh, god, yeah. And he got really upset about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh great, yeah. Okay, Tom, who have you got next then? Okay, so, um, obviously, we have to talk about the books in every episode that we have. So, I'm taking um, Anton Winfield Jr. with my next one. Um, safety out of Minnesota so we took him with a 45th pick um to me he feels a big need um with us at safety um I can't remember um a safety that the books have had really since John Lynch to make any sort of impact and John Lynch left in 2004 I think when he went to Denver so that's been quite some time now and the secondary improved massively in the second half of last season mostly from the cornerbacks all stepping up their play so to kind of bring in a safety who can come in and hopefully start straight away should shore that up even more um you hear everyone talk about him being a little bit on the side but his play backs that up completely he's hard hitting he makes every single tackle and then he's been a ball hawk as well so last year he had seven interceptions which led the big 10 and was the fourth best tally across all of college football so i can see him coming in and making an impact on this team straight away. Tom, now yeah. do you think that the Buccaneers could make the playoffs? Potentially. I'm getting a little bit more excited for it. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I was happy with Worths as well. Worths made me happy. Like if, if we'd missed out on one of those top four linemen, I think probably not because Brady can't run around behind the DO line like Jameis did. Doesn't but, need to. Look at, look, at the, look at the receivers he's got now. And he's got Gronk there as well. Tom, Tom, let me, let me, uh, I'm going to use your mind, buddy. Okay. This is going to be a therapeutic, this is going to be a therapeutic. (laughs) So, so did you watch every game, uh, that the Bucks played last season? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. (laughs) So, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something that I, I've come to learn about, or, or at least being a Patriots fan watching Tom Brady for 20 years. Um, whenever we watch other games, like the Patriots will play at one o'clock here, right? Eastern standard time. Yeah. Then I'll start watching the four, five, four o'clock games, and then we'll watch the eight o'clock games. I sit there and I watch quarterbacks make decisions, and I'm like, I would fucking blow my head off if I had a quarterback who made as dumb a decision <laughs> as the ones that I've seen. Yeah. Minimum, minimum. Now, Tom Brady, I don't know if he'll be the savior. He was for us. Maybe he's not at 43 for you all, but I will promise you he will save you a lot of headaches when it yeah. comes to making decisions from the quarterback spot. He will never lose you a game. He will always, always, always put you in the best position to win. And that's like the least you can ask for, or at least the, yeah. maybe the most you can ask for in that perspective. So from a Patriots fan receiving our, <laughs> our own Tom Brady, take care of him. Just take care of him. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's why I think we had to address the offensive line as well. Like, and like we did, because if we didn't take, if we didn't get an upgrade there, then we wouldn't have been able to protect Tom Brady. We wouldn't have been able to look after him. The poor guy probably would have been hit to pieces. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, to be fair as well, like you guys also took what a running back, right? In the yeah, to the running round? back, yeah. I've so, not looked looked into him that much. Um, I still need to um, to look into him and watch some of his highlights. Yeah. But I was kind of hoping we take someone in the second round, maybe trade back up. Um, yeah. But I, I can't really complain too much. 
I think this draft's gone pretty well for us. And I think Winfield, yeah, hopefully he's going to come in straight away. Because I think um, Todd Bowles normally does pretty well with, with the secondary as well. As we saw, he coached them up pretty well last year. I think he's going to have a, um, a big impact on, on Winfield and, and, and how he plays. Honestly, Brady's going for records, isn't he? Brady doesn't do anything by accident. He is going yeah. for records. He wants to win yeah. the Super Bowl in its, ho- in its actual city it's hosted in. I'm yeah. buying, my, I'm buying my Brady Bucks uniform soon, so. <laughs> yeah. you know what? I think I've I'm getting the Gronk I've loved to hate the Patriots, like every other NFL <laughs> fan. Just because of the fact that you always hate the best teams. Of course. But I am, I am 100% for the Bucks this year. They, yeah. they are, that, if you build an offense that good, kudos. Yeah. I I already love Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is Same. a baller. So you bring in Gronk, winner. You bring in Brady, even better. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. No, I mean I, I'm getting more excited. I think initially I was just shocked that it happened and couldn't quite believe it that, that we were getting him. So I think the longer it goes on, the closer we get to the season. I'll definitely get more excited. Best dad, mate. Yeah. You're absolutely. I'm tempted to go. Win-win. I know. I'm tempted you, to, if, to 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 go see a game as well. I feel like. Imagine if he only plays this one year and then doesn't play next year, even though I'm sure he will because he got that two-year contract. But I feel like I'm going to have to watch him play in person. So yeah. I think I'm going to have to book a flight at some point if the season starts and if fans can go to the game. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully it can. Otherwise, I think we're in for a bit of a yeah, anti-climax when it does start. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll move on to uh, my final pick. Uh, I've got someone that Tom was hyped about. Um <sighs> My mate was hyped about too. I'm, I like, I like this, this pick, but I guess I'll say something first. Maybe a bit controversial. All the LSU players, they are, they are great. There's no denying they are great. The only issue that I've, I have, well, not even an issue, is I'm a big believer in systems. So that LSU system was just incredible. Like it was almost hard to fail. Like. It was yeah. almost, if you like like the Rams, it's almost hard to look awful in that system. So like, yeah, he may like Jefferson may be amazing, Bourne may be amazing, but I'm, I'd want to see at least one year out of them in the NFL because I'm a bit I'm a big believer that that system could have worked to most players in that league. Maybe not to the extent it did, but I believe that the system was like the primary thing in that success, and then it was the players. So obviously you've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire there. Now he's gone to the Chiefs. Now that's why I like it because the Chiefs already have an unbelievable offense, the best offense in the league, hands down. Now the only position that they, they were not struggling with, but had to make a decision with in the next year is the running back. Now Damian Williams is okay. Now that is about a level you can get to okay. Had a few good games. Didn't didn't let them down any time. He wasn't wasn't he won them the Super points. Bowl. He won them the Super okay. Bowl. Well, wasn't <laughs> he should have been the MVP. He should have been the MVP. <laughs> Let's not start. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he's not he's not bad. He's not terrible. So it was the best best thing they could have done is bringing a running back without any pressure on him because they've already got an adequate guy there. The offense is already firing and let him just bed in to the offense and if he does turn out to be as good as he was in LSU then they're on an absolute winner because yeah. that offense will then be will. unreal for the next four or five years yeah he's so good out the backfield so like Mahomes doesn't normally need to go to a safety blanket because he's got all the other weapons there but if he yeah. does like 
Edward Allaire is probably the best one that you can get. And he, he, to me, he's the best um, running back in terms of catching the ball um, from this draft. Um, to me, he's going to make that offense. I don't know how they can get better, but they are going to get better. And speaking from like a fantasy point of view, I don't know about you guys, but I would be taking Edward Allaire in the first round. Just, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking in my head. I'm like, I'm like, any any Kansas City Chiefs player that has a dominant uh, role in whatever position, take that guy in the first minimum second round, and he yeah. he he will have a stranglehold on that on that running back position. Um, if you think about yeah, where, yeah, if you think about where Kareem Hunt went like a while ago before you know he got into he got into some of the mess that he got into, um, yeah. he was he was you know. He, I think I picked him. I actually had him that year. Ugh. Yeah, I, I did too. Him. Yeah, I had him that year. I picked him in the second. I, him. I, I picked him in the second round, and he was phenomenal. Like he was great. So, like I would say, like you know, Edward Solaire is probably a second round pick because most people I think will go with like the surefire number ones. And if you end up with him, if he's on the board and you need a running back, go for it. I'd say take it. Yeah, I mean, so my only concern is that it is going to be, as Tom says, such a pass-heavy offense, and they don't really need to pass out the backfield. So I'm not sure. Put him in the slot. You can put him in the slot, though, and and he'll do it. And obviously, they've already got Tyreek Hill. They've got Michael Hardman, Sammy Watkins. But all they're going to do, like with LSU, if they just flood everyone and put everyone out wide, because that's all LSU did. They put everyone out wide, including Edward Delaire sometimes, and they just ran it from there. So even if they they do that, he's he's still going to get the ball because – the defense won't be able to match up with everyone. It will be impossible. Yeah, my only my only concern would be that Andy Reid isn't one to rush players in. I mean, you saw with Mahomes, he let him sit behind Alex Smith for a year. You've also seen with the two rookie running backs that they have behind Damian Williams, they haven't thrown them into massive roles. Whether that's because they're not good enough or not, but in the off season last year, there was some good um, rumors flying around about the uh, rookie running backs, right. and he hasn't rushed them into anything. So the only concern I would be if you are taking him in the second round is you aren't you aren't guaranteed that he is going to be that every down back. Yeah. Now you may be maybe brought in in passing plays. That's fine, but if they've already got someone that's okay in that position, there's no need to then dramatically force this player into the system unless he's 100 percent ready. So it is just a, uh, whether 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 the first few games he's fire, then yeah. you've got a winner. But yeah. it's it's a gamble, isn't it? I, I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. So, so if you are taking Edward Edward Solaire, let me let me clarify what what I mentioned earlier. If you are going to take him in the second, you're taking him if you already have a running back one. Yeah. So so I think I think you're right. It is a bit of a gamble. That gamble could pay off massively, and you will have you will have a nice one-two punch. That being yeah. said, to, to your to your point, Ari, like that is a great point. Meaning meaning, uh, the the the. There is a bit of a running back committee component to the Chiefs offense most most of the time. I think Kareem Hunt probably had a handle on it um, when he was playing in in the season that he got taken out. But for the most part, like they still they still use additional backs. Like it wasn't just Kareem Hunt. He was more yeah. he actually he had the PPR floor, which is what made Kareem Hunt very, very um, valuable in, in fantasy, especially in PPR leagues. Um, yeah. but, but I do think like the fact that they dra- they drafted him number one in the first round in a position that they didn't necessarily need per se, um, do- goes to tell you like, they're probably going to use him. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do think I not like probably like 85% sure that this guy's going to be <laughs> the starting running back there. And he's going to be yeah. amazing. 
my my only concern would be that there's no need to rush him in. That there is, I know you want to like shine your yeah. toy. You want him to go and yeah, you want to go show him off. But yeah, of course, there's no there's no reason that to rush him in and then say he doesn't do well for the first three games and everyone all the pressure's on him then to start performing. Whereas you could give him maybe five or six games of the season of just playing that secondary role, getting used to the system, getting used to how Mahomes plays. Because he's not, Mahomes is not any regular quarterback. The things he does, you'd have to get used to what he's doing. So I think if you give him five or six games of the season of playing that secondary role to Williams, the offense isn't going to be dramatically affected by it because they've been working for a full season before. So Mm -hmm. he's only going to be an extra added bonus for them. So giving him five games or six games to get used to the system is probably the smartest thing that the head coach could do. And that's what, that's what worries me about him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just wild though. The best offense in the league just got better. It's <laughs> yeah, scary. It's, it's, scary. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, and it's funny. I, I wonder, I wonder if that pick was made because the other teams in that division also went offense. So it's just like, she's like, all right, I guess we'll go offense too. So, you know, yeah, I, just, I think, yeah. I think every single game in that AFC West is just going to be a shootout. It's going to be great. Like the first of 50 <laughs> points wins. That's all we're yeah, going to see. But you love, you love to see it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, yeah. boys. Okay. So I think that's, that's covered all of our picks, isn't it? I, think oh, I want to mention one guy very quickly. Sorry, like sneak this Ooh, guy in. Go I'll on, be on. very, very quick, like a sentence. <laughs> the Rams, um, Sean McVay loves um, receivers that can run all the routes and run them perfectly well. They took Van Jefferson as well. Yeah. So I feel like they've already got Cooper Cup there, who's an excellent route runner. They've got Robert Woods, who's an excellent route runner. Those guys can rack up a thousand yards without you even really noticing. I would not be surprised if this guy out of Florida, Van Jefferson, got a thousand yards in his rookie season just because of he'll be able to run every single route that McVay wants him to. Nice ball take. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I love like it's it's McVay, isn't it? It's a system like they struggled because the offensive line hasn't been great. Um, yeah. but I think if, if if Goff can get a little bit better, hopefully you will for the Rams. Then definitely, I think they they could get back in the playoffs. Definitely. I mean that that is a hard conference to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got the improving Cardinals. The Seahawks always been in and around there, and the 49ers, who are just yeah. insane. So, I mean, you're lucky that you're lucky that extra playoff place is there. Try and get in. Yeah. <laughs> Good timing. Good stuff. Okay, guys, we've pretty much covered everyone that we uh, we were going to cover, and Tom's extra little one in there. Uh, but um, the draft's still going on, and I, if I'm honest, what what were your thoughts before we do go? What were your thoughts on uh, the virtual draft? Uh, that was one of the things I was most excited to even see, like besides the players. Um, I think it was executed pretty well. Like yeah. it was awesome. Um, I did hear, like, I know a lot of people are sort of complaining about like some of the players reactions and stuff. Like, you know, Joe Burrow was kind of like, like a stiff, like, Oh yeah, yeah. All right. You were one of them. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> but he, he knew what was happening. Like Joe Burrow's known where he's going and when he's been taken since yeah. he won <laughs> the national championship game. Like he knew where he knew, he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and then even on like even on draft night, I had heard that um, the, the players basically knew like w- because of the virtual aspect, like they knew that they knew where they were going like well in advance. So by the time the cameras cut to them, it was almost like they were probably coming down from the high of having talked to the coach, having talked to the GM. So, um, but other than that, I mean, like, I thought I thought it was executed pretty well. So I was I was very happy. Um, fun draft to watch for sure. I mean, it was. 
I think the uh, the background music when it cut to Goodell, um, you know, when he was about to do the pick, the background music was a bit bit weird. But uh, the worst. Thought, but yeah, it was it was awesome. <laughs> they were running. It was, it was funny. It was awesome when they were running the hashtag boo the commission. But I'm also kind of like, all right, let's not get too carried away. We're gonna <laughs> the, our our commish podcast is gonna have to lean into that one. <laughs> I think it, I think it was a, I think it was successful considering how much pressure there was on them to to make sure there was no like glitches. No hiccups, and I think it ran perfectly well. My only, my only, obviously, I know, I know the uh, the, the pundits on the TV that have to assess each pick, etc. Have to go through each pick beforehand, assess it afterwards, etc. Mm-hmm. But, but there was always that little thing at the bottom left hand side saying "pick is in" for yeah. ages. Yeah, and the guy would go, "Is the pick in yet?" And then he'd go, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going. The picks in, like go to the pick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Right, man. Uh, anyway, like, wait, that's all done then. Uh, quick shout out, obviously, to your your podcast, the, the Commish, over there. Everyone, go and listen to that one. That's, that's a great, great listen. Appreciate. Yeah, obviously, you've mentioned uh, the TCK Candlestick podcast, so go over yeah. there too. Give them another listen. Uh, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we've got the football fanatics underscore UK on, on our Twitter as well, the F fanatics underscore UK. And uh, we've got a new website now, um, footballfanatics.uk. So give that a little go. Got, uh, yeah, we've got three new articles there, so... go up today as well. Yeah. Got a Including talking about Jordan Love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be excited to read that one. Yeah, we've got a little forum going too. So obviously anyone who thinks their opinion matters, go and give it a little go. Awesome. Um, but other than that, cheers for now, guys, and uh, catch you next time. All right. Thanks, boys. Appreciate the invite. Take care. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, and you, mate. Podcast Network.